that's one of the biggest struggles I see in entrepreneurship is like, let's go find epic humans. And then it's like, oh shit, now I actually have to develop and retain that talent. Or how do I retain that talent? You're listening to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now with your host, Jackie Koch, the podcast with all the tips and tools to help you succeed when all of a sudden you have the realization that you're the one in charge. Hello and welcome back to the Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now podcast. I'm so excited to introduce our next guest on the show today. Her name is Jackie. Same as mine. We always laugh because we do very similar things, which we talk all about in this podcast, but we're both recruiters. Um, We're both lovers of people strategy and HR, and we both have um, the name Jackie. We even considered starting Jackie Hires at some point, which is hilarious. Maybe only funny to us, but we laughed a lot about it. Um, And on the show today, we talk all about what it's like to step into being an entrepreneur the, the different lessons, the mindset, the struggles you have when all of a sudden you realize that you're the boss, both from Jackie's perspective, leaving corporate America and starting her own business, but also how, what she shares and how she works with some of her clients, which are entrepreneurs as well. And she really helps them get clear on the type of um, roles they need to hire, the team they need to develop, and all the strategy that goes into growing a team for your business. And I really know you're going to love some of the takeaways um, and the exercises you can have when all of a sudden you've realized that, oh shit, I'm the boss. What do I need to do? Um, She gives you a helpful tip and a really simple exercise that you can do to start to come out of that, that thought process and step into the leadership role. So, so excited for you to hear from her and can't wait to hear what you think. Hello and welcome to the show. I am so excited to chat with my amazing friend and I cannot, this is such a long time coming. Um, we've, we've joked that both of our names are Jackie. We both, you know, kind of work in this world of recruiting and HR, and she has just been such an amazing friend in like leader and just like influence for me as I have been stepping out into my own journey of entrepreneurship. And I'm so excited to welcome Jackie Service to the show. Holy crap, we're finally doing it. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And yes, so long overdue. I feel like we've been having these off-camera conversations for years and it's so fun to actually put a mic in our conversation to see how we can add value to everybody today. I know, I'm so excited. And I think it's so wild that we met in COVID. You Literally in COVID. are not yes. in the, you're not in this country. You are international, not. although that feels weird. <laughs> I know I'm like North of the border. <laughs> I'm like probably live a few miles from where you used to live. So exactly. let's be honest. Maybe that's the kindred spirits is like, we, we say our O's the same way and (laughs) I feel so connected to you. Um, but what a wonderful gift that was to, to be introduced in the middle of COVID, the world is on fire. I want to start my own business. And here you were the shining light saying you can do it. So I want to Mm -hmm. publicly tell people, I am so grateful for you. And Mm -hmm. my life is so much better because you forced me to make the jump. So thank you so much. Mm, received. Thank you. Of course. Thank you. So this podcast is all about similar things that what you helped me with is, but it's all about how, like what you do when all of a sudden you realize you are in charge and you have to build a team and lead a business. And it's like, 
holy shit, it's me. Like I don't have mm-hmm. someone else to do this. <laughs> and so I guess I would love for, let's start out with having you explain let's share with guests like a little bit about your background and how you got into this crazy journey of entrepreneurship. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Cause I remember my oh shit moment when I first stepped into leadership, it was in a very different container. And I think leading in that container versus entrepreneurship has also been a wild ride, which we can talk about. Um, Cause I know you've made a similar transition and jump, but my background. So I am Canadian so yes, north of the border, mm-hmm. uh, when Jack and I met in, in uh, COVID times and grew up an athlete, had that very like athletic mentality and found a home right out of university with PepsiCo and really found the similarities between an athletic mindset and almost like a corporate business mindset mm-hmm. and taking a lot of those same fundamentals into building my career in my 20s. And what was really cool about my opportunity within the PepsiCo umbrella is I had a chance like right out, right out out of school to essentially lead an entire national program around new grad recruiting. And I was working directly with the head of HR and the president of the Canadian business because of their interest in really driving pipelines and building talent through new grads and kind of investing in that new grad talent and building long-term bench. And so it immediately just changed the trajectory of my career. I all of a sudden had these opportunities showing up for me very quickly and continued to grow and expand really an HR career throughout my 20s. And so much gratitude for the fundamentals Mm -hmm. learned in that environment. And I talk a lot about now in entrepreneurship, going into smaller businesses or growth businesses and just being able to see it. And it's just a fundamental that was built in me from those experiences that I have so much gratitude for. But my story honestly shifted. My story shifted in in, uh, back in 2012 when I was diagnosed with a brain tumor and it really started to shape and shift the bigger questions in life. How old were you? I was 26. Holy moly. I just got the chills. Yeah. And it was like October 25th, 2012. Like I can remember where I was. I can see it. It plays like a movie in my brain. And it was one of those moments where I feel like you're the same way, Jack. Like we can go into any situation and kind of put our heads down and grind through it and and push through it. And I was very much like that in my twenties and before where it was like, work harder, just keep going, keep pushing, do the 60 hour weeks you know, be present, be available online in the evenings if somebody needed you. Like I was just always Mm -hmm. in that modality of like, do more, do more, do more. And so for me, this was the first time in life. I felt like I was full on sprinting into my career. I had, you know, bigger roles and bigger salaries and all these wonderful things were happening in my progression. And it felt like I ran directly into a brick wall Mm. and Mm. fell flat on my tail and was like, oh shit, <laughs> what am I doing here? And you probably also had like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. I imagine. What is this all for? And yeah. so the bigger questions of like, who am I? And what is this all for? And what do I want to be? It, what, what legacy do I want to leave? I mean, to be honest with you, it was the first time I'd been around death, but it was the first time that I questioned my own mortality. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what the brain tumor meant. And thankfully I was... Um, 
in an environment where I had a ton of healing and I worked with a lot of different practitioners that supported me through that. Um, it was non-cancerous, it was, uh, which was a blessing. And so for me, it was like this incredible wake up call into what else was out there, what was possible for me. And, uh, I didn't leave corporate right away. I kept going for a few more years because it was like that uncovering of who I was. It doesn't happen overnight. And you need benefits. How could you leave corporate? (laughs) (laughs) Or I don't know, maybe you don't need those in Canada. (laughs) Canada's healthcare is different, but I also did work in the U S for many years as well. Um, but yeah, we, I went through this like dark night of the soul kind of experience where I got like really dark and, and a bit depressed, honestly. And it was through some of those dark moments where I started to like recalibrate who I was, who I wanted to be, what the next chapter of life was going to look like. And so um, Grass is Greener, left PepsiCo, joined a mid-sized company as their head of HR, um, great strategic opportunity to like lead and work it as a people leader of a broad team of multiple hundreds of people across the country. Um, so that was an incredible opportunity until one day I just woke up and was like, this is just not what I want anymore. Mm, yep. Been there. I feel like you and I had this conversation two years ago. We did. <laughs> it wasn't and like it was a bad time. It just no. wasn't a great time. And there's just something like there's something within you that I think says like, there's more. Right. And that I was like, what is more? And I didn't know what that meant. And so I went on this deep journey to navigate that. And so left corporate America back in 2015. Um, I always say I birthed my business and babies mm-hmm. at the same time. So I have um, almost six-year-old twin girls, uh, relocated Wild. back north of the border from working and living in the U.S. for multiple years um, and started living this transition of being an entrepreneur and Um, frankly, that's another chapter we can dive into here about that transition from corporate to entrepreneurship. Um, but today what I do is I'm a people strategist working primarily with growth businesses. So I love the companies that are like scaling rapidly. Those are my jam. I love going in and strategically helping founders and CEOs figure out who they need, when they need them and why they need them to really unlock kind of the potential of that business. Um, and on the heels of that, I actually founded a recruitment agency called Serve Recruitment Agency. And that if leaders therefore need to go find those people, we can help them do that as well, where Amazing. I know we have lots of synergies together. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we refer people back and forth all the time, mm-hmm. clients, candidates. And I also just like, I'm so grateful that you also believe in the, there's enough to go around for everyone. I feel like in the world of recruitment, it can be so (laughs) cutthroat and you're, Mm -hmm. and a lot of it's how the business model is set up and has been historically is like, everyone's competing to, to have their person hired. Um, but you and I just don't approach it that way. And so grateful for that so much. I think that needs to be talked about though, for a hot second. Like I think so many recruiters out there. and, And when I was an internal, when I was in the internal HR side and led talent for PepsiCo, I was the one hiring the recruiters, right? So I've sat on the inside and saw the noise, frankly, in our industry. And it kept me out of the industry for a long time. I didn't want to get into that industry. And I remember you and I having this conversation where we both were so aligned of like, we don't want to just fill a seat to fill a seat. Like we want to partner deeply with these organizations and help educate them. And yes, on the heels of that, we will find you epic talent, but it's not to just fill the seat to make the buck. 
it's because like we genuinely care about these humans 100%. and about these leaders. And like, that is why you and I partner so well together and why we believe in abundance because we come from a similar ethos of values and mission. And like, I 100%. love you for that. I'm so Thank grateful you. to have you for that. Thank you. I mean, there's just, I believe in my core that the world is powered by small businesses mm-hmm. and, you know, the more opportunity. So, so if you think about that, I, there's a statistic that I don't know offhand, but I, I'm going to make it up. It's like 65% of the U S is like of, of employees are employed by small businesses. Wow. So it's something like that. I, people will probably fact check me, but so we'll, we'll add it to the notes. Exactly. We'll, we'll find it later. We'll find it. But if you can make lives better mm-hmm. and a great work environment for people in, if you can help small business owners become great leaders and create amazing work environments, like what kind of ripple will that have on the world, mm-hmm. right? People will show up to work more fulfilled and have a much better experience of work. And I think there's just, there's, you have the ability to be such a change agent with a lot of these businesses compared to the fortune 500 companies. And so I just have like this deep mission of these small business owners are the ones most likely and more often willing to do the work to be a good leader mm-hmm. where compared to large CEOs who candidly are so removed from the business, it's hard. Right. Um, so I just, I don't know. I felt like I wanted to share that for some reason. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. I can see that too. It's, it's just a different, it's just a different energy when we work with growth businesses and, um, after multiple years of being in, in internal teams where, you know, I, I talked about this yesterday where, you know, there's a lot of noise about a recession, right? And there's a lot of noise about what's happening in this economic kind of downturn that's presenting itself. And, um, and I saw it in corporate America where that would create a really massive ripple on the internal side of things that mm-hmm. would all of a sudden things start getting um, frozen, right? So there's like hiring freezes, there's um, going to be no more lunches for teams. There's like things get pulled layoffs, back, layoffs everywhere all of those on LinkedIn things. right now. It's, yeah. And I, mean. I just see it so differently from the lens of a growth business. And a lot of like, specifically over COVID times, when you and I met, like I watch these growth businesses actually see it as an opportunity to like put their foot on the gas pedal and go and find the most epic humans because yep. they were offering flexible work arrangements, hybrid, remote, um, different incentive programs, equity opportunities. And yeah. all of a sudden this um, talent market that maybe was afraid to take that leap before said, I think this is the time. And so it's really shifted what I see in the market these days. I'm not sure if you're seeing it too, yeah. but that's been really interesting to see how that's all kind of shifted also. That's such a great point. And yeah, I a hundred percent see that. Um, and I think it's going to continue a hundred, like as things continue to move forward. And I also think people are going to be more willing to, to look at the world of work in the way that they work with, how do I want to say this? The way that they're, they're more open to different working re- uh, arrangements, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, like before you're like, I need a full-time job. I need full benefits. I need all of these things. And I just think there's so many more people who come out of corporate who are like, what would it look like to be a, be a freelancer? What would it look like to work part-time? Like, I just mm-hmm. think people are more open to be creative in the way in which they work to find out what works best for them. Um, and that's been really cool to see too. Absolutely. I see so it too. I am really, really interested in 
You've been on both sides of the house, working in large corporation as well as small entrepreneurs. I'd love to dive into what are some of the differences you see growth entrepreneurs having versus maybe hiring managers or directors in corporate Fortune 500 companies? What are some of the struggles that are different? That they, what are some of those people struggles and leadership struggles they each kind of face? And are they different? I guess is the question. Yeah, I think it's a great question. Um, I'll just talk from my lived experience and what I what I experienced personally, and then what I saw with a lot of my kind of leader partners in the corporate end, and then as well as on the entrepreneur side. So I think about like a a big organization, like a Fortune 50 organization. One of the things that um, you know my experience with PepsiCo was is that company is at the forefront of investing in leadership and developing leaders. There is literally programs for every level of employee in there, new grads, first-time manager training, an opportunity to lead at a mid-manager level, first-time director training, an ability to lead at, at executive level. So all of the levels, there's so much thought poured into it. I mean, there's whole teams poured into development, leadership development within these large organizations. And so when I talk about the fundamentals, like when people come from some of these larger corporations, like they were trained on the fundamentals, like they understand some of the nuances that, um, you know, I find sometimes entrepreneurship are their Achilles heel, which is, you know, this is kind of the, the, the pro to some of the, the kind of corporate side of things, which is, you know, they know how to have a tough conversation. They've been trained on how to communicate effectively. They really are genuinely curious about like recognition programs. And yes, I find in corporate America, it's a little bit of a box. So sometimes it's like, this is the box we're playing in and like, here, here's your parameters, but there's still some developmental training. And so I do find when I'm working with entrepreneurs who have come from some sort of business backing, some sort of, it doesn't need to be a large fortune 50, but just some sort of business environment where there was development efforts, there's a little bit more fluidity in them understanding really what they need to think about when it comes to investing in people and not just attracting the right people, but like your job actually starts when they, when they walk through the door right? Your job of like developing and therefore retaining them starts when you walk through the door. And so that's just like one angle that I've really seen, which is really interesting. Um, In the big corporate American side, I mean, you are one of multiple players, right? So you make a bad hire and honestly, it can get swept under the rug pretty quick. Like you can just be like, all right, that person didn't work. Or I saw also where like you make a bad hire and in that big wheel, you kind of had to keep them around. So you had to do the best you could to keep them around and then like do uh, appropriate performance uh, incentive plans or improvement plans. And then, you know, eventually hard move to get them rid of, of hard to, get, hard rid of to get rid of. Yeah. Um, so there is that side as well on the, you know, the, the interesting thing on the entrepreneur side is one of the things that I do see sometimes being a struggle is that whole mentality of your podcast name. Oh shit. I'm the boss now. Like I might've come into this experience thinking like I'm hiring a human to relieve time or to relieve pressure from what I need to do as that leader, right? I'm the founder. And now if I bring somebody on and they can take these tasks off my plate, I'm going to create more time, right? Or I'm going to be able to go do all these other things. 
And there's often a miss of realizing that now you're actually a people leader, right? Now you actually just stepped into a leadership role. And what does that now mean? Because you might be not doing the tasks anymore, but now how do you have to show up as leader and how do you have to invest your energy and time into development of that person, conversations with that person, um, skill set development of that person so that that person can thrive in your environment as well. And so I do see that like, that's one of the biggest struggles I see in entrepreneurship is like, let's go find Epic humans. And then it's like, oh shit, now I actually have to develop and retain that talent. How do I retain that talent? And so that's one thing that, um, I think that's this conversation, these conversations and this podcast is going to help so many because I do think there's this moment where they they say those words of like, wow, I didn't realize I was going to land here. A hundred percent. And I think it's both skill. Mm-hmm. I think it's a lack of, of skill and a lack maybe of competence and like a mindset shift that oftentimes needs to change. They need both of that. Um, oftentimes, um, I guess, do you see that where usually is it, is it both where a lot of times entrepreneurs are like, oh my gosh, I don't know how to do this. I'm not good at it. I'm scared of it. There's fear. There's a bunch of mindset stuff and then a lack of skill. Or do you think that sometimes people have the skills, but don't have the mindset? I guess I'm curious um, if you have thoughts on that. Yeah, it depends. Again, it depends on where the person has come from in their experiences. Um, You know, I'll I'll use this as an example. Like I do work with people that are maybe more in the um, health and wellness space or they're in the beauty space and they um, were really good practitioners at their particular service. So, um, maybe you were a registered dietitian or maybe you were a nutritionist, or maybe you were a personal trainer and didn't necessarily learn the fundamentals of business in some of those particular rules. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting because what happens generally is like, you are educating skill set and the mindset for some of those clients. Mm -hmm. And it, it is important for those, those people to realize like it's both, right. I really do think it's a combination of both. Frankly, now that I'm speaking out loud, I think it's a combination of both all the time generally, but I would agree. There's maybe different um, levels that people come to you at. Right. And, and so, yeah, I'd say entrepreneurship for sure. It's, it's definitely mindset and working through there's a lot of things I see. I don't know if you see this too, in the entrepreneur with the mindset side of thing, which is just, frankly, letting go. Mm. It's like it yeah. when entrepreneurs like create a business and they are so deeply invested in that business and they know they need to hire and they're ready to hire. But like that question on readiness is always something I really dive into. I know you do too, mm-hmm. which is, all right, you say you're ready, but let's actually talk through this because the mindset shift is now I need to let go and allow some other human to like own a big piece of my business to allow myself to elevate to the next level. Um, and that whole like energy of, I have to delegate to elevate is where I see people get stuck because they want to almost like hold on to pieces. And, and that's where there can be tension sometimes between the human that comes in because they're like, Oh, I thought my role was this. And yet the founder keeps holding on to that piece of the job. That happens a lot, yeah, a lot, a lot. And a lot of times I feel like it's subconsciously <laughs> and a lot of times it's met with the best intentions. Sure. I think that's so important because I think if you're an employee working for, you know, a founder CEO, you're like, oh my God, they're micromanaging me or they're in, in the weeds on everything. And it's so easy to think they don't trust me. They don't know what they're doing. Like there's all these like 
negative thoughts that can come up from it. And sometimes I think it's just, they mean well, and like, they're scared. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think if you, if you're experiencing that, remembering that can help you in navigating that and not take it personally. Absolutely. And I think that's another great point because often, not often, most of the time the finger gets pointed at the leader. Right. And, and I do believe having been in both seats, there is responsibility in the employee as well, Mm -hmm. where the employee just as is openly, like if it's an environment where they feel safe to do so, and I, and I hope everyone's in an environment where they feel safe to do so is simply ask the question, right. Mm -hmm. Or, Hey, how can I support you better? Just like a, a leader, we kind of train leaders on how to ask effective, yeah. com- like how to have effective conversations with their employees. It's like, it, I see it both ways. I see it as like right. a full cycle loop and employees to say like, Hey, how are you doing? What else can I do to you for you to help you realize I'm here for you? Right. And like, I, I can take that off your plate. Um, Cause I know even in my own team leading in the entrepreneur space, I question a lot of like, am I giving them too much right now? Am I overwhelming them? Do I need to hold that for a few more months until I believe they're ready? And like Mm -hmm. a simple conversation often can clear the air there. Right. Totally. And like, can you imagine how (laughs) this seems so, I, I giggle because it seems so obvious, but it's not obvious. What if both people, the leader and their team member felt comfortable coming into a conversation about something when it, when, when it's not going well and saying, this isn't working for me the way that you're communicating with me isn't working. Like, how can we make it better? Mm-hmm. How, like, and I just think there's people forget. I, I just think you become robots sometimes when you go to work and you forget that you're just a human working with another human. And you can literally say, I don't know what are, so many leaders wouldn't feel comfortable saying, I don't know what I'm doing. I feel fine saying that, Mm -hmm. but you can be like, look, I'm learning. I'm learning how to be a leader alongside of you and growing a team. Like, I just got to tell you, like the way that we're working together isn't working. Like, will you help me craft a way that works? And just like being willing to have those conversations, I think can just, I mean, working at Lululemon for five years, I finally learned how bringing personal development into the workplace could help so much. And it just made things so much better. And so I think we need to like turn off our robotic hats of I'm at work, no emotions, but you know, and, and just like be a human at work. And I think they blame, I think when you go, you can go on LinkedIn anywhere is just blasting bosses and like, they're not doing this. They're not doing that. They are suck. They don't care about my mental health. It's like, well, what are you doing? Like, they're still a human trying to figure it out too. So how are you helping craft the work environment you want? Like you're, you have to do that too. All parties in a work environment have to create a work environment that they want. Um, whoa, got really passionate about that, but I just get so frustrated. Amen. I'm like, it's, <laughs> isn't it true though, that in every relationship, it comes down, literally every relationship in my life, it comes down to communication. Everyone. So if I'm not willing to like, if I'm not willing to be, you know, set expectations and clarify expectations and say what I need and create boundaries, like bless Lori for her, like being the boundary queen. Like she taught me so much about just acknowledging and communicating what I need and mm-hmm. what I don't want or need. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think the more leaders, and this is, this is something for leaders. I think the more leaders can really genuinely 
develop themselves or create self-awareness on who they are as a human, the more they're going to understand their tendencies and how they show up and the little ankle biter things that kind of pull them down. Um, And also their their greatest gifting. Like when you are self-aware, you can double down on your greatest gifts and surround yourself with humans that maybe can support some of the areas where you aren't as gifted. Exactly. And so I just, I love anything to do with personal development in the leadership space. And I'm starting to see, and I know you are too, these blends of different types of even like, let's just call them leadership assessments. Like now human design is being used in the workplace. I have a whole podcast about that. Yay. I'm like, that is so cool to me because before it was Myers-Briggs and Color Insights and DISC. And yes, there are some really cool insights that you can extract from there. But let's bring the full person to work and now look through a lens of human design or Enneagram or some of the newer age personal development, leadership development assessment tools. And I think it's just so cool to see how that's evolving over time. Totally, totally. All right. Well, we're going to have to do like a million more episodes because I have a like there's so many other ways we can take this. But I guess I want to start to wrap up. But before we do that, what tips do you have for somebody who all of a sudden, or what, what tips do you give the entrepreneur you work with? Who's like, holy shit, I'm the boss. Like I have to do this now. I have to lead a team. Are there any, like, where should they start? Let's, let's, uh, let's ask that. Let's answer that question. Like, where should they start? If they're like, Oh, it's me. Like, where do you tell them to start? With themselves. I mean, it always comes back to this whole understanding of, you know, you talked about the mindset and the skill set, right? And if we look through that lens, it really does come back to the self-awareness of how are you showing up today and what's working, what's not working. Like I, I pulled this a lot from my old corporate days, but like start, stop, continue exercise, which is like the best. It works for everything. Everything. (laughs) if, If we can just start there of like, all right, if I look through the lens of how I'm leading today, what do I want to start? What do I want to stop? And what do I want to continue? Okay. And then maybe we invest a little bit in self-awareness and start to become clear. I love getting direct feedback from team members, from peers, from really being open to like hearing what other people have to say. You can do that very openly. You can do that very anonymously, depending on your comfort level. And then taking that feedback and processing it and starting to create the roadmap of like, where do I want to go? So if this is where I am today as a leader, what type of leader do I want to step into? Who maybe do I want to mirror? Do I see leaders in my life that I'm like, ooh, I love that quality about Jackie. I would really love to take that quality into my leadership skills here and start to work towards that new kind of persona or version of self. I believe we're all leaders inside. And I genuinely believe that we all have an opportunity to grow and evolve and continue to better ourselves as humans. And therefore as people working with people at the end of the day. So good. Such a simple thing to do when you're in that moment, you know, do think about what you're doing. Well, you know, the stops start, stop, continue method works for everything. And that's such great advice, such great advice. So wrapping up, I got to ask, tell me about an oh shit moment in your business when you were like, oh my God, I'm the boss. I have to do this. Holy cow. I mean, I'm sure you've had many, but is there one that stands out in particular? 
oh God, Jack, there's so many. <laughs> um, one that just came up for me right now is um, my own entrepreneur journey of going from solopreneur to running a team. So I, it was me, right? It was just me for many Teaching years. on all of this stuff, which is hilarious. Yes, uh, very much so. And all of a sudden I started to step in, like dip my toe into hiring people. And today there are uh, five of us on the team and some are full-time and some are, you know, contracted and we have lots of different methods of how we've hired people and what's been best for those humans as well. But I remember having that experience and I think everything in life, I have to live it to be able to teach it. So like, Mm -hmm. that's just how I show up. And I'm like, oh, I've been educating all these other leaders on letting go of control and allowing themselves to really delegate effectively so they can go into the next level of who they are. And the minute it came to my time to do that, I like, <laughs> like clammed up, felt overwhelmed, started to like cling on to things. You know, there's a lot of old paradigms and stories that showed up of like, can somebody do this just as well as I can? Like, can I let go of these client relationships? Are they going to be taken care of the way I want them to be taken care of? And it mindset, there was a lot of breath work that had to happen. There's a lot of different modalities I had to pull into my own nervous system to really step into releasing and letting go of any of those fears. And like, huh, like for the freedom on the other side of that and being able to witness my team owning things and doing them a heck of a lot better than I could have ever done them. And, and they're happy. Oh my they like their job. Gosh, they're like excited. They bring new ideas to the table and they're leaning in. And what a gift it is to lead from a place of really running your own business versus leading in an environment where, um, you know, the org, the org structure dictates who I'm a boss of. Like yeah. I get to surround myself and really cultivate a team that was like a dream to me. 10 years ago. So I love that. Yeah. The letting go is a big piece for me too. Yeah. And probably believing you can. Mm -hmm. Um, That's amazing. So where can listeners learn more about what your team does, how they can work with your team? Um, Give us the goods. The goods. So at Jackie Service across LinkedIn and Instagram are the two places I personally hang out a ton. We are launching right now a brand new serve recruitment agency site on Instagram to really hone in for the people that are like looking to hire or even like the humans that are looking for new opportunities, almost like matchmaking site, right? Like we want to be able to cultivate an environment for people to go there and like see what's happening on the new roles and what's going on. Um, And then I'm so excited. We are launching, I am launching a podcast. And so we got to do that like role reversal here. I'm going to interview you in a couple of weeks. Would love it. Um, But yeah, the Jackie service show is going live here October 1st. And now you're my accountability partner because I've said it on your podcast. October 1st, you got, you know, it's going to be so great. It seems like such so scary, but once you start, it's just so rewarding. So I can't wait to listen. And I learn so much from you every time. So Thank you so much for coming on the show. We're going to have you back. I took notes of questions I wanted to ask you, but we'll reserve those for another episode. So thanks so much for being here. I really am grateful for you. Thank you for having me. Love you so much. and so proud of all the things you're doing as well. Thank you so much. All right. We'll see you soon.
you're over there wondering, oh shit, I don't know where to start with building a team or how to hire. I've got you covered. I created a course specifically so you can learn everything I've learned and continue to invest time in improving about setting up your hiring machine. You can enroll and start today at hiringschool.com. P.S. This is the process leading startups are using to scale their teams and we're teaching it to you.